The Fields Auto Group proudly presents Huddle Up, Huddle Up. with Bucky Brooks, <laughs> J.P. Shatter, John Osher, and NFL Network analyst and former Jaguar Bucky Brooks bring you the latest on your Jacksonville Jaguars. Everything's got to be about the future. It's got to be about tomorrow and bringing all that into focus as we, you know, attack the season. Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks starts right now. And welcome in. It's Wednesday, week three. Huddle up with Bucky Brooks, J.P. Shadrick, along with Jaguars.com senior writer John Osier here in Jacksonville. Bucky Brooks in L.A. A busy show ahead, of course. Week three, the Jaguars and the L.A. Chargers coming up at SoFi Stadium. It's a 4.05 Eastern time kickoff Sunday. We'll uh, hear from Doug Peterson a little bit earlier today. Trevor Lawrence spoke Oh, gosh, about 30 minutes ago or so. You can catch the archive of that on Jaguars.com or Jag social media. And we'll get to a few social media questions today, as always. Uh, Bucky, good afternoon to you. What's up, man? Here we are. Uh, the First place Jaguars coming up. How, how about that? First place Jaguars. Got a big game this weekend against the Chargers. Got a chance to really put a maybe a mini vice grip on the division. Even though we're only three games in. He's already called vice grip, John. A oh. mini vice grip. <laughs> so that's just like a grip. A little mini. A little <laughs> yeah. baby grip. Okay. Well, it'd be a, a step in the right direction for sure. It was, certainly was uh, last week. The uh, Jaguars, you know, getting some things done in that win over the Indianapolis Colts. A shutout, of course. Doug Peterson trying to move this team forward, though. You do what it takes to win. And, and sometimes each week – the game plans are going to be different. You know, the way we attack an opponent is going to be different. The way our opponent attacks us is going to be different. Um, so you're constantly evolving and constantly, you know, shaping your game plans that way. What we did, yeah, I mean, if there's a blueprint, you know, yeah, you'd want to be that balance of run pass and and success in the red zone and, and all that. But we know, too, as coaches that, you know, sometimes it's uh, it could be a different offense from week to week just based on your opponent. Uh, Bucky, this is kind of reminds me, John, we've talked about this over the years when we see the, the New England Patriots come up, and at least when Tom Brady was there, not down Fear. that path yet. Fear. <laughs> but the point is they have different playbooks, different things because of their history in the same offense. Bucky, I don't know if we're obviously too far ahead of that. That's down the, the years ahead to get to that point. But it is the same kind of idea, right? It is an offense that can adjust, give a different play, game plan to a different-looking defense. Yeah, I mean, that's one of the things. If you uh, expanded on the clip, I think Doug went on to talk about being able to run the same concept, same plays, but changing the people to give a different presentation to the defense, but you're keeping it the same for the quarterback and, and the players. And so if you can do that, yeah, it makes you look – uh, multifaceted, even though you're very, very simplistic in terms of what you're asking the players to execute. Yeah, it, it's. Uh, I've gotten a lot of questions since the end of the game, JP. Um, that's how it should be every week, you know. And finally, we saw this. Well, look, they could be good for a long time and not have a game that felt as comfortable as that. You're up twenty-four nothing. You're in control from the start. You get a turnover first series. You score. 7 nothing, you're up 14 nothing, and at that point you never felt pressured to do anything out of your comfort zone. Doug was able to run 37 times and throw 30 and he he alluded to it a little bit, but you know, yes they were able to do their optimum pass mix. 
You know what their optimum pass mix would have been the week before had they been up 14 nothing, JP? 37-30. Mm-hmm. I mean, so you want to get in game situations where you can do that. It, it's why they were three turnovers and, and, and I know giveaways. <coughs> when you were in control of the game, you're right there, Buck. I am. All right. Am. Yeah. I'm okay. So, <laughs> when you are in control of the game situationally, you can do the things you want to do. I think Doug would tell you, had they been down 10-3, you wouldn't have had that same kind of uh, run pass mix. That's the ideal, Bucky. But it's hard to get to that ideal every week. Yeah, it is hard to get to that ideal every week. But the fact that we had a chance to see it, it allows us to really get a, I guess, a sneak peek at the vision that Doug has for the offense. I think a couple of things stood out. One, Gus Bradley's defense was the right thing for Trevor Lawrence to face in terms of needing a get-right game. It was kind of the remedy for his woes in terms of very static defense, a defense that was going to play top-down, that was going to take the deep ball away and concede a lot of underneath throws. The Jaguars flipped the script by becoming very aggressive in terms of getting the ball out of Trevor Lawrence's hand on those checkdowns. Empty formations, putting Christian Kirk right in the middle of the formation, runs a five-yard hits, balls out, catch it. Uh, screen passes, bootlegs, those things are high percentage plays that we haven't been able to really get to. Well, this week we got a chance to see what happens if Trevor Lawrence is able to get there, get those balls completed, begin to develop a little rhythm and get some confidence. Man, he looked like a guy that was the number one overall pick. The trick now will be to take all of the things that he was able to do in that game and find a way to kind of replicate the momentum and the rhythm that they were able to generate very early in that contest. It helps when you have a, a guy like Christian Kirk to assist with that rhythm. He's getting open. He the, his his quickness to get open is in, has been outstanding so far, and he's I think fourth in the league in passing or receiving yards rather through week two. Uh, if you have this guy, there's a reason why they paid this guy all this money, and it's proving out over two weeks so far, Bucky. Yeah, it is proving out over time, and. You know, very early in the offseason, Doug talked about this system and veteran pass catchers and how you don't necessarily need A's to be able to be effective and efficient on offense, but you can get a lot done with B, B-plus playmakers on the outside. And when you look at the collection of playmakers that are on the outside, Zay Jones, Marvin Jones, Christian Kirk, Evan Ingram, you throw in Travis Etienne, there are a lot of things that the Jaguars are able to accomplish because they're trustworthy on the outside. Trevor Lawrence knows that if I get to the spot and the ball is supposed to go to this spot on the field, his playmakers are going to be there. And so for a young quarterback, that stability, that consistency allows them to eventually develop confidence. And you can see the chemistry that is beginning to exist between the young quarterback and the older receivers because he can trust them and they're beginning to trust him. So I guess the question would be, Bucky, um, when you're not playing a static defense – how much more difficult does it get for Trevor Lawrence? I mean, it, did we see growth from him, or was it because the circumstances were right? Does that question make sense? Uh, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, I think the circumstances were right, but we did see growth. You go back to the Washington Commanders game, he missed some of the layups that Doug had been harping on. Like, man, we just got to connect those things, particularly early in games. Uh, yeah, it was, it was the right mix. So this week against the Chargers – you may get another thing that's very simple because the Chargers want to take away the deep ball. That's an old Vic Fangio trick. Force the teams to drive the length of the field and they will eventually make mistakes. They'll do some things up front to muddy up the run game, but you can see a lot of two high safeties. This will be another challenge of Trevor's patience and his discipline. 
Can he avoid trying to fit the ball into tight windows and just nickel and dime the ball down the field? Brandon Staley and the Chargers are saying the odds are against a player being that patience. If Doug can get Trevor to understand, A, the check down is a win, it could be another positive result for Trevor Lawrence this week. I think it's a trickier task too, JP, because you've got, A, I think the Chargers have more all-pro elite high-end guys on their defense than the Colts. I think the Colts are a good defense. Yeah, but not like this. But, yeah, I mean, you've got guys who can, I guess, wreck the game plan on the defense side of the ball, and I anticipate more scoreboard pressure, if you will. I mean, it's it was, again, it felt very comfortable for the Jaguars all day on Sunday because they had the lead and there was not that threat of – it was sort of a reverse of what we've seen from the Jags a lot of times, where you just felt like they were never putting any pressure on teams for the last couple of years, and therefore teams could play how they wanted to, which made it hard for them to get takeaways for, this, for the last couple of years. I would anticipate a lot of scoreboard pressure from San, I mean, uh, from Los Angeles this week. Not necessarily uh, because, the Charger, I mean, because the Jaguars' defense is playing poorly, but the Chargers can score on you even if you're playing well. So I anticipate them scoring and therefore – more pressure on the Jaguars' offense. I don't mean to be negative, but I think that's probably realistic. That's kind of what it is. I mean, <laughs> yeah. It's hard to expect a shutout every week. For, well, I mean, <laughs> especially against Justin Herbert. This right. offense, to me, you can play very well defensively mm-hmm. and still have them score maybe 21, 24 points, even if you're playing lights out. So uh, buckle up. Long trip. <laughs> yeah, look, they, they pose – an interesting challenge. They pose a challenge because offensively, they certainly have firepower. Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, two of the nicest receivers that you'll see in the league. Justin Herbert, a, a, a budding superstar at the position. He is going to throw all over the field. He's going to make you defend every blade of grass. The key will be, though, offensively, how do you handle Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa off the edges? Can you deal with them to give yourself enough time? Because as much as I would like to build up the Chargers, and they are a fantastic defense, they do have a lot of stars, they also have been vulnerable at times. And so it would be a great, what I call, measuring stick game for the Jacksonville Jaguars to see exactly where they are at this stage of the year. Look, man, I think you take a shot down in L.A. We'll come back in a moment, and uh, we'll get Bucky's expertise on rib injuries when we come back. That's been the big topic this week, of course, the uh, – Chargers quarterback Justin Herbert dealing with one. Huddle up with Bucky Brooks is brought to you by Fields Auto Group Jacksonville. Step up to luxury. FieldsAuto.com. It's Huddle up with Bucky Brooks on the Jaguars Digital Network. It's not fun. It's not comfortable. Um, you know, you're dealing with just, just body movements all the time. You know, I remember when I did mine um, – sitting down, sneezing, coughing, laughing, all that kind of stuff can kind of agitate and irritate the area. Um, but it just takes, it just takes, you know, time to heal. Said coach Doug Peterson discussing his past with rib injuries and welcome back. It is huddle up with Bucky Brooks starring Bucky Brooks in LA, JP Shadrick and John Osher in Jacksonville. It's week three, the Jaguars the first place Jaguars, excuse me, visit the L.A. Chargers at SoFi Stadium. It's a 4.05 kickoff coming up this Sunday. And that is, uh, I would say, outside of Jacksonville, the top storyline of this game is Justin Herbert's rib 
cartilage tear, I guess, is or cartilage uh, fracture is what was initially diagnosed right after the game last week. All right, you're out in L.A. What are you hearing about this um, this rib issue for Herbert? And it sounds like he might give it a go. Oh, I absolutely expect him to play. Uh, one of the reports coming out of uh, NFL Network was that he was in the building facility, kind of going through everything uh, that is expected of him. Uh, didn't show any outward signs of being bothered. Felt like he was lighthearted and jovial. So now I expect to see number 10 run out the tunnel when uh, they do the starting lineups. Uh, no laughing, though, because that can hurt it, too, as, as Doug said, right? Yeah, you know, you know what hurt it worse? If Trayvon Walker and Josh Allen get the beating on him like they beat up on Matt Ryan, it changes a lot of things. You start making decisions when you get hit. At the end of the day, the game is going to be about can the Jaguars hit Justin Herbert? Because if they hit him, things will change. Yeah, you, I mean, you can't hit guys at the knees or the head anymore, but you can hit him mm, right in the ribs. Right in the ribs. I mean, mm-hmm. and uh, so I'm sure it will be a an emphasis of hit this guy legally as often and as hard as possible, like it always is. But um, when you have a, a, a quarterback where that's an issue, that becomes a reality. Oh, it does. And not only that, you not only want to hit on him, but if you happen to hit him and you can lay on top of him a little bit, you, you don't mind getting up slowly. You know what I'm saying? Make it a little uncomfortable for a little fella. Wow. Wow, I like that. I like that. Bucky giving him the business. Insider tip. <laughs> I'm, just, <laughs> I'm just saying, uh, I mean, if, if, if some of our big guys – happen to land on him, you don't mind him putting 300 and some pounds on him a little bit, let him feel that those ribs expand. Yeah, it, you know? and it's – it's uh, believe it or not, I've had a rib injury, JP. And, uh, <laughs> I can't and, wait and, to hear and, this. And, no, I mean, it, I, oh, I got to play wow. basketball. One of my last times playing wow. basketball. It, uh, it hurts for a while. <laughs> it I it def- does. I never in my life would have thought, Bucky, yeah. that John Ozier would be giving us injury details. No, it, it, it can smart a little bit. <laughs> it, it lasted for a few weeks. I was about 25 or 26, and I opted not to play anymore. So, oh, that, you retired? You retired I, after you the said I'm out. You know how some uh, – <laughs> Bucky, sometimes there's an injury – and the player says, it's not going to end here. It's not, my career's not going to end now. I pretty much decided it was going to end. So that was <laughs> that was. It. I didn't have the heart to wow. fight through it. So uh, I became I what you see here today. Yeah. Okay. Whatever famous, it is famous, you see. Famous J.O. Okay. All right. I will say this, though, Bucky. There, there may not be a lot of running around with him, right? Uh, if he's trying to protect the, that rib area, he'll be kind of standing back there, right? Yeah, they also would try and game plan to make sure they protect them. So a couple of things we'll probably see. The ball will come out really quickly. Uh, you see a lot of quick game, a lot of quick passes, a lot of things that I would call uh, catch and run concepts designed to get the ball in the hands of the playmakers, let them catch it on the move so they can run and get extra yardage. You'll see some of the screen game so they can entice the Jaguars in but kind of dump it off to Austin Eckler, let him go to work on the perimeter. And then if they do decide to take shots, uh, you see them load up on protection. So maybe heavy play action, maybe keep an extra blocker or two in. And you might see some two, maybe three-man routes where they try and take advantage um, of the protection while also attacking the deep parts of the field. Yeah, to me, Bucky, this is such a much different uh, challenge than the Colts presented because you knew exactly, you know, I'm not going to take away with what the Jaguars accomplished against the Colts offensively, meaning the Jaguars' defense. But with their receivers out, you knew exactly what you needed to do to take a away Jonathan Taylor 
they did a great job with it. Now you've got to take away the wide receivers and the guy that I want to ask you about, Bucky, is Austin Ekelar. Um, a couple guys in the locker room said, look, it's, it's not Jonathan Taylor, but it's a real challenge uh, stopping this guy. He's very creative. He puts a real strain on the defense. He does put a strain on the defense because he's uh, what they call one of those satellite backs. He's a guy who works best in space. So when you have an opportunity to catch the ball out the backfield, he can make those things happen. Outstanding with his hands, good route running ability, and those things. As a runner, he does his best work on the edges, working off tackle. He'll hit you with some deceptive uh, runs on misdirection and draws, but he wants to get to the perimeter. He's effective. Now, the thing about Austin Eckler, because of his size, not necessarily a banger. So he can get uh, banged up running in between the tackles. And so it's really important for the Jaguars to be aware of where he is, be aware of his whereabouts, make sure you have people assigned to him. Don't let him get loose on those underneath throws and checkdowns. But in the running game, you got to pound on him a little bit. You got to pound on him and make them bring in the other back. I had a sports editor once, JV. I, I used the phrase that a guy I ran well in space. I got a call. He goes, who doesn't run well in space? There's nobody there to tackle him. Oh, <laughs> smart. Yeah. And I had, to, I had to. You had to change it up a little bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's return. Uh, we'll touch on the offensive lines game coming up this week. Well, the one last week, too. Played well. Kept Trevor upright. And the challenge ahead against the L.A. Chargers. And we'll get to some of your social media questions. It is Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks on the Jaguars Digital Network. Welcome back. It's Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks, presented by the Fields Auto Group. J.P. Shadrick, John Osier in Jacksonville, and Bucky Brooks is near the Hornets' nest this uh, Sunday. The uh, Jaguars will visit the L.A. Chargers at SoFi Stadium. How far away from SoFi are you, Bucky? Uh... If, if we don't have traffic, I'm only about 20 minutes. But with traffic, who knows? It could take off four day to get there. You, you always have traffic, though. That's the issue in uh, Los Angeles. Uh, hey, uh, there wasn't much traffic in the backfield against the Jaguars' offensive line last week. They stepped up, played well. I think uh, Trevor was only hit a couple times in the game, no sacks. Uh, part of it was getting out quicker also. But uh, that combination was a good step in the right direction for this offensive line. But – now the challenge shifts a little bit. It was interior in week one against Washington. Um, this week, it's those outside guys. Khalil Mack, obviously, and Joey Bosa, Bucky, are, are two of the top pass rushers in the game. And let's start with Mack. He's been at this for a long time, his third different team. What kind of player is he now uh, in year number nine? Oh, he's still a very disruptive player, a guy who can get after it. Uh, we've seen that. We thought that he had lost some of the sauce during his time in Chicago. Nope. All you had to do is look at week one to see that it's back. So the trick will be how do you contain him while also neutralizing Joey Bosa? It is a hard, hard deal. So Cam Robinson, Juwan Taylor on the edges, they're going to need to be at their best. They got to win. They can't necessarily win that matchup, but they got to fight it to a stalemate. They can't let these guys completely take over the game on the inside, on the outside. Yeah, it's a different task. I mean, I think Unique Ngakwe is a good pass rusher, but he's not two guys, and he's also not the complete player that these two guys are. I mean, uh, Khalil Mack can uh, take away what you're trying to do in the run game too. So it's just a completely different challenge. Um, I I would be surprised if 
you don't hear some sort of noise from the two edge rushers. Like Bucky said, you have to be able to neutralize them enough to make some big plays where their big plays don't feel like they matter as much. Right. And then on the other side, Bucky, Joey Bosa, we've seen this guy a number of years in the NFL. Also, he'll line up, I guess, exclusively on the defensive left over the right tackle, right? Yeah, so he's going to be there. You know exactly where their guys are going to be. They don't necessarily flip-flop them. They're just going to let those guys those guys play, and they're going to get after it. I think the difference when you're looking at the game between Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa, Khalil Mack is what we call a power rusher. Everything with him is going to be brute force. If anything, Trayvon Walker should be looking at this game and watching Khalil Mack operate because you hope that his game can mature like Khalil Mack's. Bosa is a refined technician. He is going to hit you with an array of moves, and once he figures out what you have problems with, you're going to see a steady diet of those moves. And so for the Jaguars, it's about getting the ball out quick. It's about staying away from long-yarded situations and being able to have enough balance that they can never pin their ears back and go after Trevor Lawrence in the pocket. Well, I must be getting old because it, it feels like Joey Bose is like in his second or third I'm, year. Yeah. Seventh year. I can remember Seven. Him. I remember him standing at the combine like it was yesterday. And yeah, these two guys, it's, uh, they're a rare combination of great at both edges. A lot of teams try to build where you have bookend pass rushers. Uh, you don't often get it, and this team's got it. Let's take a timeout. We'll come back at your social media questions and our final thoughts ahead of this week three matchup. It's Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks on the Jaguars Digital Network. Welcome back. Huddle up with Bucky Brooks, presented by the Fields Auto Group, J.P. Shadrick, John Osier, and you guessed it, Bucky Brooks. The Jaguars and the Chargers coming up in week three at SoFi Stadium. We mentioned the pass rushers, John, but it's not just a, a pass rushing team. They have some other guys on the back end that can play, too. Yeah, I actually have a question for uh, former defensive back Bucky Brooks. Um, it, what, uh, it's an obvious storyline when you have Derwin James. But tell me about how when uh, Trevor Lawrence is behind center, how much does he have to worry about Derwin James? Is it fair to say this guy is somebody that Trevor has to know where he is at all times? Is he that sort of player who can take the game away, create turnovers like that? How does he affect games? We don't have you, Bucky. Bucky didn't like the question. (laughs) Oh, you lost me? Hey, we got you now. We've got you now. Oh, okay. I don't know what happened. All right. Um, he is an all-pro player with a unique skill set. He is an eraser. He's a guy who has the um, ability to line up anywhere in the secondary and cover, whether it's a slot receiver, a receiver out wide, a tight end, being able to be in the box, impact the game as a pass rusher. He can do all of those things. So what you want to do early in the contest is just kind of get a feel for how they're deploying him. Are they going to put Derwin James on Evan Ingram to make sure that Evan Ingram doesn't get loose? Are they going to allow him to drop in the box and just be a lurker to take away some of the underneath throws? You have to keep an eye on number three because he is a guy who can certainly change the game plan. More importantly, he is their enforcer. He wants to deliver a big hit early to kind of set the tone for the game. And so the guys who are running the ball, Trevor Lawrence who's throwing it, you got to keep your head on the swivel because number three will try and deliver a knockout shot. And they revamped their defense, Buck. That was their big offseason thing. They felt like they had to have the defense catch up. Uh, in your view, 
how successful were they? Is this still a defense that can be attacked? Is this a team strength? Uh, tell me about the Chargers defense. Yeah, Chargers defense is super talented. Um, we've talked about Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack joining forces. Uh, they already had Derwin James as a centerpiece play in the middle of the field. They bring over J.C. Jackson, one of the top corners in football. And then they got some young guys that they've drafted, Asante Samuel Jr., uh, to make plays. And so the talent is there. Schematically, what you have is Brandon Staley trying to still figure out how to run Vic Fangio's defense. They've had kind of a mixed bag when it comes to success, but it looks like they're trending in the right way because you're not seeing as many egregious errors and coverage busts as you've seen previously in the city. And I do have a final question for, I guess it's still the defensive back I'm asking on. Yeah. Yeah. On this one. Um, Everybody talks about Justin Herbert so much, and there's an assumption that he's really good, and, and he is really, really good. Uh, from the scouts' point of view, I guess, why? Uh, tell me something about him that maybe when you just watch him on TV, maybe you don't see. Why do you think he is so accelerated good? Uh, number one, he's the prototype. He's exactly what every – Offensive coordinator, every NFL head coach, every general manager wants at the position. 6'5", 230-plus pounds, athletic, can move around and make plays with his leg and arm, but wants to deal from the pocket. Three-sport standout coming out of high school, um, has always been a high IQ guy, crazy major, maybe a biology major at Oregon, something ridiculous where you can see his academic wares. But he's everything. I mean, he's everything from a, 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 a mental standpoint, a physical standpoint that you wanted to position. I think the thing that has been most impressive, he jumped in as a guy who got the call five minutes before a game that, hey, you're starting. Because Tyrod Taylor had been um, had his lung punctured getting a shot before the game. Jumped right in and hasn't skipped a beat since. Uh, a lot of us might have missed the boat on him when he was coming out of Oregon just because of the style of their offense and how they utilized him. But... He is a superstar in every sense of the word. That said, Trevor Lawrence is building the same mold. And I have said when Trevor Lawrence was coming out that he would have an opportunity to be Justin Herbert plus because Trevor Lawrence is more athletic and more dynamic than Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert has just been good from the jump. That's the difference. If it's the same guy wielding the needle, keep it away if uh, I'm Justin Herbert, that's for sure. If that happened to Tyrod Taylor, that? <laughs> yeah. uh, pass. Uh, let's get to the social media questions today. We put the cat signal out earlier. Here's the best that we've come up with today at GogglesZipPizano1. What's it like being a sideline reporter? Do you have restrictions on what you report? Could you suit up if we're running short of DB since you're already hanging around the sideline? Uh, okay, let's see. Uh, could I suit up? Yes, I could suit up but I could not make my way onto the field. It hurts me just looking at the people move around. So I could wear the uniform, but I wouldn't be able to do anything if they asked me to play. I would immediately have a hamstring pull. Uh, the field analyst role on the sideline has been a lot of fun because it's a mix of watching the game uh, in like, I mean, optimal seats, but then also being able to hear the coaches and seeing the interactions, it's been a blast. And hopefully you're gonna add a little flavor to what the radio broadcast is already doing. Sounds good, too, man. It's uh, It's been a nice addition mm -hmm. so far, for sure. Uh, question number two on social media. 
from uh, earlier today. This is at Brad underscore DDS Sports. How do you believe our receiving core matches up with their rebuilt secondary, including some really great players? Hashtag Duval. We just touched on the secondary, but what about the matchup? How, how does this Jaguars wide receiver group week to week match up with most secondaries? So the Jaguars second, I mean, wide receiver group is solid. I wonder how the Chargers will view this. Will they view this as one where they feel like they need to travel their corner, J.C. Jackson, with the number one from Jacksonville that we're assuming is Christian Kirk? If they don't do that, then I really like the matchups because, look, there there's some advantages that Doug can scheme up and create just by the way that he moves the personnel around the formation, particularly in empty formation. I think this ultimately comes down to the chess match that doesn't involve the personnel on the field, but it's Doug Peterson playing the game with Brandon Staley on who do you want to match up with and how can I take advantage of the matchups that you want to try it out there. Bucky, is 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 uh, Christian a tough matchup in the sense of uh, if if you're going to follow him with a one, I mean, with a number one corner, the number one corner is not really used to playing the slot all the time, right? Does that add a different dynamic? You follow me? Yeah, it does. It has a huge dynamic. And, you know, it's funny because uh, a lot of times when we talk about the nickel position, it's a bit of a throwaway. Hey, let's take the little small guy and put him in the nickel. But really the way you need to think about the nickel corner is that needs to be your best corner. He needs to be your best and smartest guy inside because he now plays the role of part linebacker, part cover corner, part safety, because he has a bunch of responsibilities on his plate. And it's hard for a guy who has always lived on the island outside to come inside because it's noisy. It's a lot of traffic. You got to work around angles and deal with what we call two-way goes by the receiver because they're off the ball and they can go in motion and they can kind of come in and out and really twist you up in knots. It's a very tough challenge. So if J.C. Jackson is the guy that is going to follow, it could be a tough day for him because it's hard working inside. Got to have that dog in you, they said. Yeah, you got to have the dog in you. It's it's interesting. I think we may be seeing there's been such an evolution of slot and nickel corner over the last five, six, seven years. And you almost wonder if if the Jaguars might be on top of something in terms of, you know, having your best guy, which I think Christian is, be that slot guy because it does create some weirdness for a defense trying to defend it. So we'll see if if that holds going forward. All right, question number yeah, three. Creates, oh, sorry, Buck, go ahead. Hold on. It creates, it creates another issue too, John. It creates an issue when your best player can go in the slot. It's the easiest throw for the quarterback because it's the closest throw to the quarterback. And so with the use of motion and shifting and put him in the backfield, it makes it very, very difficult if your number one player can go in the slot to double team him, to bracket him. You have to have so many different contingency plans that it really makes defensive coordinators leery on trying to do a bunch of different things to contain somebody inside. Question three, social media, Twitter, in fact, at SBoston2587. Will Justin Herbert be able to last the whole game if they start getting shots on him? Chargers O-line is not 100% besides Rayshon Slater, question mark? What do you think? Mm. Uh, he's a warrior. He's a tough guy because the way that he was hit in the Kansas City Chiefs game, uh, a lesser fellow would have gone out and not come back in. The fact that he came back in and delivered the dimes that he was delivering, uh, I would expect him to play the entire game. That said, uh, it's one thing that that changes sometimes when you're injured. Like, 
him not being able to f- know when he's going to have the twinge of pain when he throws the ball, that could impact him. Because if it's as random as some rib injuries can be when it comes to when you get that that shock or that surge of pain in between the cartilage, it could be it could be an issue. So I give him credit for being tough enough to run out there if that's what he's going to do. But his performance may be negatively impacted by having to play uh, in those conditions. Yeah, I know you guys have used my rib injury as a point of reference on this, but I did not go back out and play. You didn't. You didn't take many hits either. No. I don't think. Yeah, <laughs> I was not a warrior. You didn't throw the ball down the field. Um, final question from social media today. We'll wrap it up after this at Hodari 11. What kind of challenge on the Chargers defense could make Trevor Lawrence struggle when contrasting it to the success he had against the Colts? How different is this defense? Uh, a lot different. It's a lot different because I would say on the outside, they have better pass rushers. Uh, Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack are well-established pass rushers that are high-end players, all-pro players. Uh, the Indianapolis Colts had one, DeForest Buckner, who's a problem. Yannick Ngakwe is at a notch below what these other guys are. So the thing for Trevor Lawrence is, how do you handle uh, those guys coming off the edge? Uh, you can't necessarily run around as much for the bootlegs because they're fast and they'll gobble you up. So it's a different challenge, but it's one where I think Doug Peterson, Chris Taylor, they'll be able to scheme up some things to maybe take advantage of those guys and where they line up. Yeah, I think it'll be a little bit of a test for Trevor. He, he, It's probably... Uh... I guess disingenuous is the word I'm looking forward to think he's not going to get hit. Uh, with these two pass rushers, he's going to get hit. He really didn't get hit at all against the Colts. Had a great day, 25 of 30. This game, it seems like it might be a test to see if he can do what Herbert did last week, which is get hit a couple of times, get up, uh, and play through it and play at a high level. He's a tough kid. I see no reason why he can't, but I think that will be a thing that he has to do on Sunday. Bucky, how you feeling about this Sunday? I feel good about it. I feel good about it because I feel like this is what you want early in the year. You want a measuring stick game in the first quarter of the season to see exactly where you are. Even if you fall short in this, when it gives you an opportunity to look back at where you are, what you need to work on, and how you can make those strides in place until you get to another what we call milestone game where you can measure up. So I I think the Jaguars should be able to go to L.A. and play loose. They should play free because we talk about the, the, the proverbial underdog, you have nothing to lose. This is one where, man, they can swing the sword because no one expects the Jaguars to go on the roll and knock off the Chargers. If they get this done, it gives them a world of confidence, particularly with the division looking like the division is already shaping up to be. What do you think, Johnny? Uh, I think it's a tough matchup. I would, I would love nothing more than the Jaguars to go win this. I, I've been saying it all week. You can be really good and really competitive and playing well and not win either the next two games if you're the Jaguars because they're very tough matchups. Uh, I keep going back to the Justin Herbert thing. You can play really well against this guy on defense and him still beat you uh, because it's it's tough to defend the perfect pass. So I think it's a really tough matchup. I think the Jaguars will go play well and be competitive. I'd be surprised if they come home uh, winning, but not as surprised as I would have been in years past. I like it. Jaguars heading to SoFi Stadium, Los Angeles, to face the L.A. Chargers and Bucky. Uh, have a great rest of the week. We'll see you in L.A. Yeah, we look forward to it. Home turf, home game, home game this week. 
Love that. Uh, Bucky Brooks, John Ozier, our entire crew, Joe Fortunato, Brent Reber. I'm J.P. Shadrick. We'll catch you next time. It's Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks on the Jaguars Digital Network. <laughs>